Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia Pacific shares are trading mixed this morning following a lack of direction from Wall Street overnight. Seoul is up three quarters of a percent. Sydney is trading higher as well, but Tokyo is in the red, trading down 0.3 percent. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. First up, welcome back, Ryan Huang. Hey, Michelle, glad to be back. How's it feel? First day at work yeah. after being a- away. I was just telling the guys. Uh, hmm. So I went on a cruise and it's my first day oh. back at work, and I am still feeling like I just stepped off the boat. Like everything is just a bit shaky like I'm stepping on Aww. shaky ground sort of you know that feeling when you step off a boat and things still sway yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I still got that so that is um, a bit strange and hopefully uh, it clears <laughs> up by the end of today <laughs> before budget 2022 comes around that sounds like a terrific holiday on the high seas welcome back listen breaking news this morning Singapore's economy grew at 7.6% last year faster than previously believed so what is the outlook like this year yeah yeah, let's uh, walk through some of those headline numbers. And it is overall um, pointing to a good showing in terms of numbers. 7.6% expansion in 2021. So that pretty much confirms what many market watchers were uh, expecting. And that is after 2020's contraction of 4%. And you have to bear in mind that that was when COVID-19 really hit the economy. And then we had a bit of a bounce back last year. And the Next number to look at more closely is the forecast for this year. Mm-hmm. So the Ministry of Trade and Industry is expecting growth of 3 to 5%. And it's worth noting that it says its forecast takes into account the global and domestic economic environment and barring the materialization of downside risks in the global economy. And if you've been watching or following the news, there have been many things to keep an eye on. It noted that just three months ago when it had the economic survey for Singapore done, it has since worsened slightly the Singapore external demand outlook. And there are a couple of things to look out for. One is the global surge in COVID-19 cases in the past three months due to the Omicron variant. That has led to the tightening of restriction measures in many countries. You also have the global supply chain bottleneck that has remained and is expected to persist throughout the first half of this year, according to the MTI's expectations. So that's going to be constraining industrial production and GDP growth to some extent in the near term. And also inflation high on the watch list. That has been made worse uh, recently by the supply chain bottlenecks, also alongside rising energy prices due to geopolitical tensions. So of course, Ukraine right at the top of the list uh, these days. And here in Singapore, the government has announced plans to ease COVID restrictions and make travel in and out of the country easier. The steps include more VTLs, vaccinated travel lanes, less testing and the resumption of team sports for the first time in more than two years. Uh, Some indication of the government's shift towards living with the virus. I don't know about you, but my phone was just buzzing with texts from people about uh, these new changes. So let's start with the VTLs. Where can I possibly travel, Ryan? i got to get my passport renewed. Yeah, Michelle, book your tickets for the Qatar World Cup. That is one of the (laughs) countries that VTL lanes will be open for. So the Middle East, including Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE. Mm. Um, We actually had those plans in place, but of course, COVID-19 being as unpredictable as it is, uh, threw that into a bit of um, uncertainty for some time. So now it's back on again. So this will now be back on from 
February 25th. Mm-hmm. So that expands the VTL scheme. Also, travelers from Thailand, all cities in Thailand flying to Singapore can now do so without quarantine. And from March the 4th, Singapore will also start VTLs for Israel and the Philippines. And also, CVTLs will be in focus um, in the coming days with the Batam and Bintan CVTLs open from February 25th. All right. So the VTLs are, of course, lanes where you can travel to other countries without having to go through quarantine upon your return back to Singapore. There are too many shifts in social distancing policy for me to list them all this morning. But Ryan, can you give us a quick overview of some of the biggest changes that maybe caught your eye? Yeah, so it's all around the what the ministry calls the five most important and effective measures around um, five areas. Group sizes, mask wearing, workplace requirements, safe distancing and capacity limits. So I have my eye on safe distancing. So maybe in time to come, you won't find those um, unsightly access on those park benches or wherever you might need to sit on because mm. it is no longer compulsory for safe distancing if you are wearing a mask. So that could be a thing of the past. And that is also seeing um, other things in focus with group sizes. It's still going to be five max for visitors, but it's on a per time basis rather than a per day basis. And this is also interesting when you pointed out how sports is starting to normalize to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, team sports, um, up to 30. So full court basketball matches, maybe football matches as well could be back on again. But these for now will be at approved places like those um, sports stadiums where you can make your bookings. So for now, a more measured approach towards resuming those sporting activities. How do you expect markets to react to this news? I mean, are companies like Singapore Airlines and in-flight catering services, SATs, clear winners here? Yeah, those will be the obvious ones to watch. The hospitality sector, the travel names, um, with the prospects of VTLs opening up again, you can expect the websites of SIA, for example, to be swamped today. So that will be the obvious ones to watch. Um, so anyone who has a stake in the tourism pie mm. um, could be in focus today. So we are looking at the REITs, for example, the hotels, um, the service industries, restaurants. So a lot of good news to help boost markets uh, today. All about reopening, in a sense. Now, tomorrow afternoon at 3.30pm in Parliament, Finance Minister Lawrence Wong will deliver this year's budget statement. You're going to be covering the announcement, Ryan. Most observers are expecting the government to announce some sort of tax increase, possibly a hike in the GST, maybe even a wealth tax. What are you looking out for? Yeah, that's going to be in focus. GST, but in what form and Mm. how much and in how long? So um, we've got a bit of a debate going on, right? Uh, with GST coming on is uh, pretty much expected from 7 to 9%. But what will be the path? Will we see a straight jump from 7 to 9? Or will it be phased from 7 to 8 and then 8 to 9? And when is the timeline going to be? Some are pointing to as early as July. That is five months away. And some are saying it could be next year. So it will be in focus because, um, as you would imagine, it will be a 
main or big point of concern for businesses already struggling with rising costs, inflation, mm-hmm. uh, labour tightness. If you add on higher costs with the GST, that will be an additional factor to swallow. So one to watch. And you mentioned wealth taxes. Uh, that's been in the talks for quite some time. The obvious ones that we could see some implementation is uh, being speculated around property. And that is the obvious proxy for wealth, where if you're rich, you're pretty much buying um, property and more property and many properties. So that is the obvious ones um, to tax, maybe a form of property tax um, to help bring in the money to restore some of the coffers, which have been in the past few years been spent on many COVID-19 stimulus programs. So that's the other thing. Uh, We are not watching for any bazooka um, round of measures to help with COVID-19 like we've seen in the past few years. So we could see even more targeted support measures. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are looking at maybe things to ease manpower concerns, rising labour costs. Uh, So that will be the main focus if you look at what people have been putting on their wish list. And if you look at some of the other things you might see, um, the carbon tax pricing is going to be one to watch. That's been talked about for the past few months. Uh, It's been outlined as one of the focus points as Singapore's uh, push towards being a greener nation by 2030. Uh, Also, strengthening social support for lower-income and vulnerable um, households. And of course, um, the ongoing push for digital transformation. What else Singapore um, is going to do to help push the effort. Another point that investors are going to be looking out for are the you know deficit or surplus numbers for last year. Many analysts think that the government's budget deficit will come in lower than expected or that uh, Lawrence Wong may even announce a surprise surplus. Let's turn to the US now where the US Federal Reserve has released minutes of its January meeting. Everyone is expecting the Fed to raise interest rates at its next meeting in March and what we've learned, what have we learned though about the likelihood of a 50 basis basis point hike as opposed to a 25 basis point hike. It's becoming something that changes every week, right? Mm. If you remember not too long ago, just the late part of last year, we were talking about three rate hikes and they started to creep up to four, to five, to six, and we are only in the second month of 2022. So it's now, if I look at the most lofty projections coming in at seven rate hikes so far, and this is off the back of a series of um, just hotter than expected inflation numbers. The latest, of course, is the January numbers showing um, the prices people are paying in the US at least, uh, coming through at over 7%, the hottest in four decades. Um, So that was in focus when you look at the expected puff of rate hikes um, in terms of what was discussed three weeks ago at the FOMC meeting in January. So what we saw for a minute, uh, pretty much a reiteration of what we saw three weeks ago. Um, Federal officials, just Federal Reserve officials, just reiterating their support for interest rate hikes because of all the pressures around inflation and saying they are ready to do more if needed, if the data points to that being required. Uh, They did also warn of potential um, risks around financial stability because um, of the winding down of the measures if it comes to more aggressive than expected. But all in, no surprises. Um, I think you've got investors just expecting a bit more hawkish surprises to come through. We had no surprises, so pretty much um, no strong reactions to the meeting. But it's worth noting the meeting was three weeks ago and since then we've got Uh, a round of strong inflation data, a round of strong jobs data, 
And by the time the next meeting comes around in mid-March, there will be another round of inflation and jobs data, which the Fed will then have to digest into its projections. So we could actually be in for a more hawkish tone if things stay on this trajectory. So the Fed's plans to tighten monetary policy are a reaction to rising prices in the US. The consumer price index rose 7.5% in January. That is its fastest pace in 40 years. There are fresh indications, though, that higher prices are not deterring shoppers. A Bloomberg writer puts it this way. Americans shrug off inflation with some retail therapy. Tell us more. What's the latest on this front? Yeah, it's a bit of a head-scratcher when you look at some of the indicators and how this doesn't really gel. So if Mm. I look at the numbers, retail sales for January surged 3.8%. That is the most in 10 months. And this is since last March when we had um, just a lot of spending because of the uh, stimulus measures and checks coming through for consumers. So 3.8% was above the consensus forecast by nearly double 2%. So that was uh, a bit of an unexpected jump in terms of retail sales. So it does look like there is pockets of strength in the US consumer spending. And, and I pointed out it's a bit of a head-scratcher because uh, if you look at some of the indicators, uh, they have not been as bullish. Uh, if you look at the University of Michigan's uh, widely followed consumer sentiment index, mm-hmm. that actually plunged to its lowest in nearly 11 years just a few days ago. So not really jowling when it comes to all indicators on the board, uh, but it does give some thing of a bit of a lift um, when it comes to the consumer outlook. We'll have another sign of how U.S. consumers are reacting to inflation concerns this evening when Walmart announces its fourth quarter earnings. The retail giant is closely watches a bellwether for consumer trends, uh, particularly as some 90% of Americans live within some 16 kilometers of its stores. Next up, two other market risk headlines, one related to geopolitics in Europe. The other is about Chinese property companies. Now, for the past three weeks, markets have been worried about a Russian invasion of Ukraine and the potential impact that would have on stocks and energy prices. Yesterday, we reported that some Russian troops were seemingly headed back to the barracks, a sign that the crisis could be easing. But now it seems the US and NATO are saying, hey, not so fast. We're not sure that Russia is actually doing this. What's the latest here? What do we know? Yeah, coming through from NATO, you've got um, the officials saying there have been no signs of progress on that piece of news panning out where Russia was supposed to de-escalate and withdraw its troops from the borders. So still no signs of that happening. And I think that is being taken as a sign that maybe Russia is not as committed or serious to following up or keeping to its um, promises. So there is still that risk of what the Allies have been um, talking about for quite some time, the potential invasion of Ukraine. So that is still on the table if you look at what NATO is outlining. So it does set up still a bit of a showdown when it comes to both sides um, and how this pans out is still quite uncertain. From Russia, let's turn to China, where a major property developer is reportedly seeking to reschedule payments on 6 billion yuan worth of debt. That company is Shimao Holdings, and it's often seen as a bellwether for financial contagion in China. Is this good news that Shimao is rescheduling its debt, or is it bad news that it can't pay it off now? Okay, I'm going with a bit of a yes and no. So it's never good news if you have to 
you know, ask for more time to repay your debts. But mm. I guess the good news is, hey, they have a plan to repay it. And they are talking about repaying 25% of the principal this year, 35% next year, and the rest in 2024. So at least they have a plan to repay it. And there is at least um, a bit of hope for investors uh, vested in their uh, invest uh, tools, investment tools. So something that maybe um, should be taken glass half full when it comes to how property players, many of them have been defaulting outright on and not paying. One more piece of China-related news. The medical device maker Meihua International has become the first Chinese company to list shares in the U.S. since July. The IPO was well-received. Meihua shares closed nearly 30% above their issue price. All right, it's time for corporate news and up or down. Gosh, we haven't played this game in a while. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. The semiconductor chip designer NVIDIA. Okay, I am going with up. And that's mm-hmm. because his latest earnings for the fourth quarter, um, that has beaten his estimates based on growth in his data center and gaming businesses. Yeah, it is tough, isn't it? NVIDIA shares down 2.5% in after-hours trade. Some analysts say its results are underwhelming, mm. particularly since it had to scrap plans to buy British semiconductor maker Arm. But NVIDIA's data center sales are up 70% and overall its earnings have beat expectations. So I am going with up. All right, let's look at DoorDash. DoorDash is going to be an up for me. And that's um, a reflection of how the food delivery business is still booming mm-hmm. and that has seen its latest quality revenue uh, just beating estimates and showing no signs of slowing down. Definitely an up. DoorDash shares up 28% in after-hours trade on the back of those strong earnings. How about Cisco? Okay, Cisco is also an up for me and that is off the back of results that beat expectations. So the network giant um, is pretty much uh, running off the back of how data is the next big thing or it has been for quite some time and still rising that growth and momentum. Revenue up 6% year on year. And this is following a quarter where it was up 8%. So the latest quarter is up 6%. Yeah, Cisco, up for me as well. Cisco reporting better than expected earnings and good forward guidance. Let's look at uh, NYSE and NFTs. New York Stock Exchange is going to be an up for me. So it's trying to be apparently the marketplace for non-fungible tokens, just like how it's doing with stocks. So if you think about stocks, uh, pretty much all the big names are on the New York Stock Exchange. And it has filed for a, uh, I believe, a patent uh, patent filing that is indicating it is trying to form a bit of a NYSE branded cryptocurrency and marketplace to buy, sell and trade NFTs. But um, no immediate plans according to the official statement for them to do so. Uh, maybe one to watch according to how it pans out. Yeah, I'm sure competitors like OpenSea and Rarible are keeping a close eye because this will be a competitor of NYSE does indeed become a financial exchange for cryptocurrencies and NFTs. So I'd say this is an up for the NYSE and NFTs alike. Ryan, last question for you before we check in on the markets what do you call someone who works at facebook all right so this is interesting apparently they are now called meta mates what do you think of that (laughs) it's a bit uh, i've got my uh, i'm not sure about that i I prefer twitters you know you're called twitterati 
if you yeah, work so at Twitter. So previously they were called Facebook and they were called <laughs> Facebookers. So that's a bit more palatable. I'm not sure about MetaMates. And I'm looking at some of the reactions coming through from employees apparently. And they have said, <laughs> no, it sounds like a new nickname from a dating app from the Metaverse. Okay. You can imagine that, right? Mates. Yeah. And also some people have compared it to a brand name for a condom because Mates is a popular condom brand that's sold in the UK. Oh so Meta Mates. So, mm. you know, so your imagination is uh, the limit when it comes to what you can exploit. I'm surprised since you've just come off the high seas that it doesn't remind you of sailing. One ah. employee said it reminds him of uh, sailing and being on a sinking ship yeah, maybe. So, Hoi mateys. Uh, so <laughs> Facebook um, writing some choppy waters. <laughs> Well, you know, MetaMates or not, a potentially piece of bad news for Meta. Google is going to make it harder to track consumers on Android phones and other devices. So this following a similar move by Apple last year. It's been good for consumers, but it's uh, hurt Meta's ad business. All right. At a meeting on Tuesday, Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook's founder and Meta's chief executive announced a new name for his company's employees. That's where MetaMates came from. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 25 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index closed up half a percent yesterday on the back of gains by Thai Beverage, Comfort Delgro and Venture Corp. It finished the day at 34.39. How is the SDI trading this morning? Yeah, Let's take a look at the Singapore markets and we've got them in the green right now. Up 0.6%, 3,460 and just uh, looking at where we are on the STI, only four counters uh, in the red. And that's being led by Venture Corp down 0.8%, followed by SGX, Ascenders REIT and UOL. But mostly in the green. And right at the top, we've got Johnny Matheson up 1.5%, followed not too far behind by UOB off the back of those stellar results uh, on Wednesday. Uh, DBS in third place up 0.5% right now. And if you look at what possibly is lifting the mood across markets. You've got the uh, MTI projections that market watchers are, of course, uh, digesting. Investors also digesting the new VTLs. And also out this morning is the data on the Nordex front, non-oil domestic exports better than expected. So that is seeing the January print at 17.6%, better than consensus forecast of 12.4%. So 14 straight months of expansion for uh, non-oil domestic exports. Uh, so a lot of good news, seemingly lifting the STI for now. Indeed. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang. We'll continue to keep a lookout on Singapore's easing of COVID travel testing rules and launching new vaccinated travel lanes and market reaction to that. Throughout the show, keep it right here on Your Money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.